I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Thank you for tuning in today. I am always grateful for your presence, and if this is your first time as a listener, welcome. This is a show where I really do my best to cover all types of loss and what can be found in them, and it's not a kind of a doom and gloom hour, if you will, because there's always some humor in, mixed into the insights. Um, oftentimes, I have a segment called That Warms My Heart, so we leave the show uh, on a light-hearted note, if you will. So just get comfortable, and um, I appreciate you joining me for the next hour. I do want to remind you that Lost and Found is up, uploaded as a podcast. You can download it through your favorite podcast site and, of course, here at 1150kknw.com. We also are streamed live on 1150kknw.com, so folks are able to listen to that uh, during my regular hours um, being on the radio. So many ways to listen, and I hope you just share with your family and friends about the show so we can just keep growing, all right? As you listen... To the show, if you have any questions, uh, comments, or perspective that you would like to share, please just email me, lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com, lossandfoundseattle at gmail.com. You can visit my Facebook page, which is Lost and Found Seattle. I uh, like to keep it consistent, and you can share any thoughts or comments there. I would really appreciate that. I um do like to hear what you all are thinking, and I do appreciate when folks take the time to let me know something they appreciated or perhaps an insight that uh, that I didn't think of and a perspective that, that you give me. So please take the time to shoot me a note, and uh, it's really, really quite appreciated. Were you able to, to tune in to last week's show? If not, have you been able to listen to it through the podcast and um, if that answer is no, you know, I really encourage you to do uh, to do that, to download the podcast and listen to it. It, it really was a great show. It was um, I centered it on an organization that cares for senior dogs, which I didn't even know that senior dogs, uh, dogs are considered seniors if they're eight years old or older. So, um, boy, I've got a couple seniors living with me and uh, the it's called Old Dog Haven, and the uh, original founder, uh, Judith Piper, and uh, Beth Carroll, who is a foster parent, they shared their experiences so eloquently about uh, what it's like to have senior dogs in their lives, and including the sadness and the pain that, you know, they feel when having to put them to rest. But they also talked a lot about what they found in being involved with these dogs. So, Go to the website, Old Dog Haven, which is one word, .org, and really check out all the ways you can support them. You don't have to be a foster parent to help out that organization. You know, with the holidays coming up, this could be a great cause for a donation party or maybe taking up a collection at your office, just trying to put that bug in your ear. So please take a moment, download it if you haven't heard uh, the show because it, it really was was. I received a lot of feedback. You know, pets is something that's really important to a lot of folks and close to folks' heart, mine, definitely. Pets are close to my heart. So a lot of folks appreciated that um, a show was done on pets, uh, you know, as well as pet loss. We covered everything there. So so take a gander. I mean, take, take a look and uh, see what you think about it as well. So speaking of the holidays coming up, um, I am going to be doing another Navigating the Holidays and Special Days show. You know, I'll, um, it's probably going to air on the 20th of November. I, I really feel that that is an important show. Uh, the holidays can be so difficult for grieving individuals and families. So by, you know, the time the hour is over, um, what I plan to have is for everybody to have a concrete plan uh, that they can look at that you've created for yourself to get you through perhaps what might be a, a difficult time. So um, be prepared that day when you tune in uh, or if you download it as a podcast to have a pen and paper available or be at your computer because I think you're going to want to take some notes and I think you're going to uh, hopefully want to walk with me down a path of creating what's going to work for you during this time. I really received a lot of feedback last year 
about this type of show. Uh, I think it's going to be something I'm, I'm going to do every year. So mark your calendar. And even if you uh, heard the show last year, the thing about it is everybody changes, right? You're in a different spot in your grieving process. So um, it's it's going to perhaps be a different plan that you may want to have. So be sure to tune in November 20th. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's get to the show. Today's show is entitled Secrets, Honesty, and Loss. Question. How do you feel about keeping secrets? What secrets do you have? Do you ever think about the fact that other people in your life are likely keeping secrets as well? And does that change how you view keeping secrets? Is it okay for you to have them, but others in your life, you would prefer that they not and that they tell you everything? The definition of, of secret is something that is kept or meant to be kept unknown or unseen by others. So what is it in your life that you want to be kept unknown or unseen? And I'm not even talking about something that is some deep, dark secret. I'm just talking in general and, and you'll, you'll see a little more as we go through the show what I mean. But I'm just talking in general, little things that we keep to ourselves that we don't tell anyone about. And what about honesty? How do you feel about honesty? How much credence do you give it in a relationship? Do you believe it's the most important quality needed in a relationship? Do you feel you should always be honest, no matter what? Everybody needs to be forthright. Is there any room for you um, in relationships for white lies, as we say? And really, really think about that question. Do you tell white lies? I um, was doing some research on this to see kind of what is out there. And listen to this. 60% of adults within a 10-minute conversation of meeting someone new will lie three times. Mainly it's through exaggeration and mainly to make ourselves look good. I don't know. I, I was trying to think about that when I was, you know, when I read that, I thought, what do I do when I meet someone? So I, I'm really, you know, at, at my, my new position, I'm meeting new people all the time. So I'm really trying to monitor to see, do I exaggerate anything about myself? Um, I just found that really, really interesting that, that we do that. The thing about it is 90% of children have learned the concept of lying by the time they are four. So it likely, that says to me that, you know, we're pretty much, um, it's ingrained within our DNA perhaps to, uh, to tell some lies. We, we just don't want to get in trouble, right? So it's easier to do that. If you are a parent, um, you are being lied to about 86% of the time. Um, that's who gets lied to the most. Um, friends, we lie about 75% of the time. Uh, siblings, 73 spouses have the least amount, which is good that we're not lying to our spouses as much as we are to, uh, to our parents. And 40% of people have lied on their resume. That is something I would never think to do. I, I would be so nervous that it would be found out. But... Um, but actually, as I think back in my professional career, I do know of a few people that did lie on their resume, had pretty high up positions, and were fired once it was found out. But yeah, that, that seems staggering to me. 40% are going to lie on their resume. Women seem to stretch the truth, whereas men, um, through research, according to research, tend to out, outright lie. And I suppose that's because of perhaps an ego thing. I don't know, maybe that's being sexist, but perhaps their ego is a plays more into what's going on when they're talking versus uh, a female who maybe just wants to, to stretch things a little bit. So we usually tell half-truths. Um, we exaggerate. And I don't know, do you consider that not being honest? Um, if I am trying to make myself look good in your eyes and I kind of stretch the truth a little bit, do you consider me not being honest? Do some of us have a wider view of what being honest is? You know, what is a lie? What is truth to you? 
is your um or you have a wider band of truth and lies or is it more narrow when we come back um i want to talk about secrets and i want to talk about honesty and i want to talk about loss because I really want you all to think about what it means to share things that are difficult and what can come when, of, the, of the, our situations when we do share them. All right. I am Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found, where every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Before the break, I was asking you what you thought of having secrets and having keeping them from others, what honesty means to you. And I shared some facts on the honesty of men and women. And this week, I want to focus on how keeping secrets that we feel are necessary and then um, being honest with them, how that can turn into loss. And I think, I think it's a loss that is often overlooked and perhaps we don't ever consider that, hey, I am losing something when I share something that I have not done before. 
And, I, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say we all have secrets, right? You know, some small, some large, but we all have them. I, I hope we would agree on that, you know. Um, I think that, and, I, and as I was trying to say, I don't think it's, it's really negative or, or bad things that we hold, but I, I think that there are things about ourselves that we don't want to share with others. And I want to I wanna share with you um, a bit of my friend's story, and she's given me permission to, to use this. And the secret that she had for so many years and the loss that she experienced once she was honest. And I want to share this with you as an example. So, you know, and encourage you to look at your own life and what it means to you to have a secret, uh, what it means to you to, to look at what loss might occur from being honest. And just to really encourage you to think about uh, if you hold on to this, how that will affect you if you release it how that will affect you. And so as I'm telling this story, you know, maybe kind of insert what you are experiencing and see if you can relate a little bit to what I'm talking about. At, by the end, I want to take a, a, a few moments and really talk about what can be found in loss that, that occurs when we do go from not letting someone know something to telling them and because things can be found in those situations as well. So, my friend, she is an amazing person. She um, grew up in a small town, grew up in a, a small church. And as she would describe herself, she uh, was uh, loved going to church, loved uh, reading her Bible. She recalls at 13 when she received her Dixon New King James Bible, which, you know, to me, that means nothing. But when she received that, how excited she was. Uh, she grew up learning a lot about God's uh, wrath, not so much about God's grace. But she really was happy. She enjoyed going to church three times a week, enjoyed reading her Bible, enjoyed talking to her friends about her faith. And so she's growing up. Uh, she feels she's pretty normal until uh, she gets older into grade school and starts to go to junior high. And she realizes that something is different about her and she doesn't know exactly what term that would be. She was would tell me how in grade school she used to want to play with the boys all the time, want to play football, want to be on. She would play uh, summer baseball on a boys team and really had a lot of boyfriends and not so many girlfriends. And um, never thought a whole lot about it until she went into junior high. She, uh, what's important to tell you is when she is in fourth grade, uh, a young girl moves into her school. They didn't like each other at first, but became best friends. So throughout grade school, into all through high school, best friends, inseparable, and loved each other dearly. So she is continuing to grow up in this church where it is more of God's wrath and not God's love. And as she grows, she identifies more and more that she is different. She realizes when she's about 14 or 15 that she likes girls. And at that time, back uh, in the 80s and late 70s and early 80s, she didn't know a word for that. And so she just thought there was something wrong with her and um, never told anybody what was going on, just pretended to, to like boys and tried to get boyfriends and tried to, you know, hang out with what all the girls did, but was really uh, withdrawing from certain people because of what she was feeling. And she decided that uh, she loved God so much she wanted to go to a Christian college. She did so and uh, thought that if she went, she could marry a preacher and get over these feelings that she had. Well, going to um, uh, church-sponsored school, uh, she found that she withdrew even more because if it was found out what her true feelings were, she would be kicked out of school. So it was very difficult for her to be in school. Um, she found that she did really like a few girls there and had to obviously keep that uh, a secret. So she did not join clubs. She would spend a lot of time in her, her dorm um, just would go to her classes, do what she needed to do, and just prayed that nothing, no one found out that she liked whoever it was at the time and that um, she could just graduate and be done 
and not have to deal with this anymore. Meanwhile, always praying that God would take away what her feelings were. Fast forward, she talks about um, staying in touch with her best friend from uh, grade school and high school. Um, and by the way, this she helped this person become a Christian as well and join the church that she grew up in. Goes to New York, uh, gets involved in the church even more because she's trying to say to herself, I'm not who I am. This is against God and uh, just has a lot of struggles. So what's happening is what she would describe is how she was a lonely person because she could never be true to who she was. She could never talk to people about how she really felt. She would have to pretend when she was going out on dates with guys and she just really was feeling alone and and angry at times because why wouldn't God take this away? And so the point is she, she held this deep secret and it was ruining her relationships with people because she would not, uh, uh, she couldn't allow herself to get close to people. And it was ruining the relationship with herself because it was so difficult to remember any lie that she would tell to keep herself from being found out about what she truly felt and who she truly was. Eventually she couldn't control, um, the way she felt, uh, she ended up getting in a relationship with someone. And through that, she realized that she had to come clean because um, she wanted acceptance and love. And since she couldn't get that herself through um, her, her faith, she thought, if I just tell my best friend and tell other people in the church, they will love me and they will help me accept myself. Um, well, she talks about how she told her best friend, who she um, went to, to grade school and high school with, and it didn't work out well. In fact, her best friend told her that she couldn't have anything to do with her any longer because it was a sin. She was going to hell, and if she maintained a relationship with her, she herself, as her friend, would likely go to hell as well. So when she, when this, you know, my friend decided to be open and honest, look what she lost. She lost a best friend who was there through her entire life and was a, a source of support. She lost her church because you cannot be like this and attend our church. So she lost that, which was her whole life because she kept, um, as she would describe it, she kept um, putting herself into the church more and more, hoping that things would change how she felt and who she loved and wanted to love. So she lost her faith because that came after if I'm being rejected by my friends, if I'm being rejected by my church, you know, my faith, I, I can't have my faith. And it was a really difficult, a difficult time. And she talks about um, feeling so alone and the outcome of deciding to be herself and what that meant and how difficult that was. And I don't know if, if any of you have ever thought about your own secret and what comes if you would actually tell someone about it. This person had a really hard time. She talks about one time um, being in a room and was, you know, reading her Bible and praying dear God, please take this away. And she said it was either going to, something was going to change or she was going to kill herself. And that, that really strikes me at how deep our pain can be when we are having to hold something in. And then when we release it, how deep the loss is because everybody that she loved had turned her back on her. And she was not about to tell her parents, knowing that what happened with her best friend, she was not about to tell her parents what went on. So she continued to live in this lie, even when she met somebody that she thought she fell in love with. Um, she wasn't able to fully be in that relationship because she was always so afraid. She would tell me that she was afraid to drive a car because what if I'm in a car accident and I'm, I'm killed? I go to hell. She was telling me one time that she went to um, a, uh, an amusement park with some friends and was afraid to ride on the roller coaster because what if it goes off the railing and, and she dies? And all of that 
so much a part of um, of what her life was and, and that fear. And I, I wonder if when we're holding secrets, even if they're not large ones such as this, but even smaller ones, how does that affect how we live our daily life? You know, what secrets do you have? Do you have maybe a diagnosis that you're keeping from certain people in your life because your children um, or your grandchildren, uh, you don't think, you know, you want to protect them. You don't want them to know what's going on. You know, do you have a financial situation that you're keeping a secret from people in your life? Perhaps you're in a relationship and you find yourself you're attracted to another person and you're keeping that a secret. You know, perhaps you're dating someone and, you know, there's something in your family that you're embarrassed about, so you're keeping that a secret. Maybe you've done something in your past that you're embarrassed about or ashamed of or have guilt over, and you're keeping that a secret. You know, something as, as small as we would say on the big scheme of things of maybe you violated somebody's privacy. You know, you went through their phone or their journal, and you're keeping that a secret. We as parents, you know, especially as parents, I, I think that's sometimes what, what goes on, and you're keeping that a secret. Maybe you're... You know, you've been pregnant and their circumstances are that you feel you need to to keep that a secret. Perhaps you have some part of you um, that you need to express, yet you're keeping it a secret from people in your life. And you know what? And I can go on. I mean, you're living your life. You know what's what your secret is and why you are keeping it. So, you know, my friend, when she got to the point where she couldn't hold things in any longer. You know, she talks about how difficult it was to who do you tell? Who's the first person that you tell? You know? And for you, when you're thinking about things in your life, who is it that you want to tell but are afraid to? Think about what you have in your life right now. You know, what is that secret. And then think about what is the reason that you don't want to share the situation. I would venture to say it's for the same reason that we, you know, that we keep them is um, fear. We, um, that old emotion, you know, fear causes us to feel so much anxiety concerning the outcome of a situation, right? Fear is so powerful. It is the fuel within us that keeps us from being honest. And I ask you, what are you afraid of? What loss are you fearing from being honest? You know, when I think of a a diagnosis, I've worked with a lot of parents who don't want to tell their their young children or um, grandparents that don't want to tell their grandchildren that, that they're ill. We don't want to to worry them. We don't want to upset them. What if they can't handle it? And, you know, that's, that makes sense. That's not something, you know, there's not malice there. It's just, we're trying to protect. And so what is the fear that you have by wanting to protect them, by wanting to allow the kids to know what's going on? You know, uh, the relationship, if you're with someone and you're attracted to another person, you know, yeah, telling your the person that you're with about it would be a really hard thing, right? Maybe that fits with what you should do. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not here to, to tell you, you know, make a judgment on that. It's just what is it that you are, you know, what is the reason that you're not wanting to say something? The fear. The fear of what? The fear of everything's going to change. So that person may leave you. So fear is powerful, and it is a fuel that keeps us from being honest. Stephen Pressfield, who is an author, he says this, Are you paralyzed with fear? That's a good sign. Fear is good. Like self-doubt, fear is an indicator. Fear tells us what we have to do. Remember one rule of thumb. The more scared we are of a work or calling, 
in this case, I would say the more scared we are of being honest, the more sure we can be that we have to do it. The more we are scared of being honest, the more we have to do it. And that's hard because on the other end of it, a loss may occur. Here's something interesting that I had not thought of, although I think we've all experienced it. Research shows that when we hold secrets, we become preoccupied with thinking about them. I don't know if you found that. Have you found that what you are keeping from someone, especially when you're with them, is all that you can think about? You know, my, my friend talks about when she was with her family and with her Christian friends, all she could think about was her sexuality. When she was in college, it was the first and foremost thing in her mind because, you know, every day she was afraid of being caught and kicked out. And so um, so it is an important part of, of, what we, of, of what makes us act or not act, that loss. And, and the loss is real, you know. It, it is very, very real, and it, we end up grieving because of it. Research shows uh, that secrets can lead to unhappiness because they remind us that we're hiding a part of ourselves and that we're being not authentic. And I think that is the part right there. When we have a secret and we choose to be honest, we stop hiding from ourselves and we become our true, authentic self. What do you think about that? Eventually, if we don't allow what is inside of us to come out, you know, it'll wear us down. And what do we do, you know, to to keep going as long as we can? You know, perhaps we begin to uh, avoid the person or the situation. Uh, my friend was, you know, was telling me as she was um, living in a different state and having gay friends and um, doing things with um, her gay friends, you know, she would avoid... Um, calling her her Christian friends. She would avoid being in touch with people because, you know, that would remind her of what she was doing. And so she would avoid it. And that's what we do when, when we're in a situation, you know, we avoid the person. We are always suddenly very busy, right? We create a wall so we don't have to think and we don't have to feel uh, the way that we do when we're around them. But you know, does that really alleviate the fear by being busy and avoiding the situation or the person? Does that alleviate the fear? You know, maybe maybe for a moment. And, you know, and when we're fearful, a moment of relief, you know, that's all we may need to keep us going, right? But, but today I really encourage you to consider letting that secret go. And I don't want to give you the impression that it's easy to come clean, you know. And I don't want to give you the impression that what you are withholding is because you're a bad person. I mean, my heavens, even just me saying come clean, that makes it sound like, hey, you're holding something really big. No, you know, what we do, we do to protect ourselves. And what we do, um, we do it to ensure that we protect those we love. So I think... I think when we have a secret, I think that it serves a purpose to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, the reason, I guess, the person, my, my friend, you know, she was protecting herself because she was wanting to not be unaccepted. And she wanted to remain loved. And she knew as long as she was who everybody thought she was, they would continue to accept and love her. 
She was also, um, I think to a certain extent, when I've had conversations with her, protecting her family. She was fearful, you know, they were pretty big in the church, and she was fearful of what would happen to them should it get out that they had a gay child. And so I think that's really valid. I think a lot of times we want to maintain a relationship. We're afraid that we will um, not be loved. We're afraid that we're going to destroy something, and we want to protect our family And we don't want our family and friends to be ashamed of us. And, you know, the reason isn't the most important aspect um, of keeping secrets from people. What really is important is how that you handle the loss. You know, the what if is that's part of the loss. What if my friend, you know, she um, didn't have... She had non-Christian friends. And what happens if she had not had those non-Christian friends to support her? Even though she was struggling with her faith, you know, it was still comforting to know that she had people that loved and accepted her. And um, if she, you know, what if she hadn't had that? What if um, she only had people around her that were continuing to tell her she was bad and sinful and going to hell? You know, what would her life be like today? I questioned, you know, I I asked her one time, I was like, would you even be here? And she said she couldn't say for 100% that she would be. She didn't know how to live with herself like she was. um, And she didn't know how to love herself, but yet she couldn't hate herself either because of who she, she knew who she truly was and couldn't think that it was, it was as wrong as what everybody was telling her. So Looking back, she didn't create a lost plan. And what I would encourage you today is if you're um, thinking of sharing something that people need to know, I encourage encourage you to have a lost plan. I encourage you to identify people that are not involved in the situation and make sure that you have their support. That is super, super important because no matter how big or small, you are going to be sharing and becoming honest. Um, it's important to have folks that still are there to support you and say, you know what, you made the best decisions at the time, and now you're making the best decision for yourself at the time and, and for others as well. So hiding news from someone, you know, because we feel we're protecting them, it, it, it's not life, life and death, and, and I get that. You know, someone may be upset for a bit, And um, then with time, you know, understand why you were acting and saying things as you did or not saying things as you did. And yet running, you know, your scenario by a friend or someone who can um, you can talk with uh, about what you want to say and do is important. Um, It's really helpful to do that. So, you know, people may be upset with you for a bit and that's okay. Just know that have somebody in your corner that you can lean on and that can help keep you um, encouraged while the people are having to adjust to, (laughs) to the news that you, you know, that you've given them, you know, in other situations, you know, maybe you've been such as being unmarried, you know, um, no matter the age, I know of uh, someone that became pregnant and wanted to, you know, and had an abortion and had to keep that and chose to, to keep that as a secret. And then, wanted to, to share that with um, their husband. And there was a lot of fallout from that. However, they were able to work through it and became stronger on the other side of that, of um, being honest. Um, but there was a lot of loss associated with that. And both she and her husband are quite clear about what that was like. But as I said, they they loved each other and you know eventually were able to see the husband was able to to appreciate that she was honest with him about that. Um, any uh, so so things are either as I keep saying a bump or a crater, and you know you may have a crater for a loss. Um, and for the craters, just really make sure that you've got support because when there is a fallout, you are going to need someone to lean on. So you step forward, right? And you're honest and you've accepted the fact that you will likely have the loss. Um, Might be bump, might be a crater. However, what will you find in that loss? 
I think a few things that you'll find is one of them is your conscience. Because when you are having to lie day after day or stretch the truth day after day, you, um, you find that it might slowly be um, killing you, you know. You're constantly having to be someone else. You're constantly having to remember what you said. You know, you've walked along, uh, been walking uh, around so long with keeping that wall that no matter how tall it is around you, and so now, you know, I'm going to let that go. So really with your conscience, you're not going to be living with guilt and shame anymore. You're going to find that anxiety and paranoia, those things that become became your best friends during this time, they're the kind of emotions that... Um, you know, if uh, if anxiety, paranoia, guilt, and shame were people, your parents would tell you to stay away from them because they are a slippery slope. So, so you will be going from secrets to honesty, and you can find a clear conscience. And within that, you find just how good you are at justifying your choice to be secretive. You know, because to continue the road, you have to rationalize with yourself over and over again how it is helping a situation or at the minimum helping you to be safe. I am keeping the secret because of this reason. And once you release that and be honest, you find a clear conscience. You find a relief. I think you also find self-respect. Um, I think a lot of folks, a lot of times we don't feel as if we're losing respect because I don't think we recognize that until we start being honest. Then I think you really realize just how much, um, how much you were having to compromise to continue not sharing what um, needs to be shared. You know, self-respect is, um, is defined as a feeling that one is behaving with honor and dignity, and it is, feels really, really good to know that you once again are able to have that honor and dignity by releasing something that you've been holding. Um, I think by being honest, you are giving dignity to yourself. You're giving dignity to uh, the people that you are sharing that honesty with. And I think that when you look in the mirror, I think you see yourself differently. So I think people find a deeper level of self-awareness, you know, wanting to be honest about something that you've been secret about naturally takes you to a level of soul searching. You really begin to ask tough questions, not only questions of what am I afraid of as to why I'm not wanting to share this, but what will I think will happen? What will actually happen if I share this? And if it does, what will I do? Who will I then become? Big losses you may risk losing people. You may, as my friend, she lost her best friend. However, you deepen your relationship with yourself, and I think you really become closer to embracing your true self when you accept that being honest may bring loss. But the loss is so much better than the battle that is going on inside of you. What do you think about that? Does any of that make sense? That deeper level of self-awareness, I, I think it is so important that we continue to make movement towards becoming who we truly are, which is love. I truly believe that our true self, our true nature is love. It is not the opposite. And I think that the more we look inside, the more we look at what we are fearful of saying to people and sharing and then becoming honest and being able to accept that loss, I think that is what brings us closer into ourselves, deepening a relationship with ourselves. And the more we get to know ourselves, the more we're able to to be in closer relationship with others. And I know, you know, that makes sense, right? I'm not saying any revelation there. It's just when it comes to having secrets, 
I'm not so sure if oftentimes we recognize the chasm that that can put between us and our loved ones. So maybe what you're wanting to share with someone isn't something huge of, hey, I'm gay and do you still love me? You know, maybe it is smaller things of, hey, I experienced this. I've, you know, have wanted to share this with you, but I haven't felt the courage to. Now I want to. Can we talk about this? Hey, I've not wanted to share with you about grandpa's illness because, you know, I was afraid that, that you would be worried and I was really trying to protect you. But, you know, I want to respect you and I want to share with you what's really going on especially with kids. They need to know what's really going on. So think about these things. Think about what you have in your life that you could share that would release so much within you if you shared it, that would perhaps cause a loss in your relationship, but perhaps also the other side of that is bring you closer to the person than you ever thought you could be. It's really an important part of our life. And I really hope that you take some time to think about it. And I hope that you find encouragement through um, this conversation to to look at, at the other side of what you're wanting to do, what you're fearful of doing, and then what you can find in it should you choose to take that step and be honest with what's going on. All right, let's take a a short break. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. We'll be right back. What's your story? Have you ever sat with that question and looked to your heart for the answer? It's time to explore the real you. Tune in Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the brand new show, Story You, with Coach Debbie. Debbie and her guests have a mission to inspire and coach you to find your voice. If you need direction, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. If you want to be an author, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. Tune in Thursdays at 4 p.m. and be inspired. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans and if left untreated can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message sponsored by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters. And through every loss, something can be found. And yes, even with secrets and honesty, we have loss. I I hope that you were encouraged to think about secrets that you may have. Think about moving, you know, towards honesty with them, knowing that the outcome may be a loss. Um, And, you know, and, and it may be a bump or it may be a crater And maybe not, Uh, whichever it is, you know, just know that I'll be here each week offering support and encouragement and um, and be here in such a way that hopefully you will find the courage to act as you want with your secrets. I think I've I think I've made that clear enough. I think what we'll do now is um, let's have a that warms my heart moment. This is something that I found that is uh, pretty cool. 
It's uh, from Birmingham, Alabama. And earlier this month, a senior offensive lineman pulled off one of the most memorable moments in Samford football history, a sneak play, if you will, that his stepdad never saw coming. His stepdad says, what my son did took my voice away. Senior offensive lineman George Grimwade, who is six foot eight inches tall and weighs 310 pounds, is a dominating force on the Samford Bulldog football team at a small university near Birmingham, Alabama. Over the last four years, the name Grimwade has become synonymous with muscle and might. George is a kind person. And he's proven that through life many, many times, says Michael Musto, who is George's stepfather. Michael married George's mom, Michelle, when George was only five. I mean, when George was only in the fifth grade. And the two have gotten along famously ever since. Until Michael came along, George never had a regular male presence in his life. So they bonded over football in a special way. George says it's just how we've always communicated, through sports. So the surprise play that George pulled off earlier this month was certified by a court, designed by a seam ripper, needle and thread, and executed by number 76 himself. I jogged over to my dad, and my dad goes, what are you doing? George says he'd gotten his last name changed and made made sure that his jersey would match. So he handed his father some papers in his hand and said to him, Dad, I love you, and I want you to know that you are my father. Mike says he saw his name on that jersey, and it was like, wow, this kid really loves me. I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. It just took my voice away. He's the best, Michael said. For a stepdad, it's hard to imagine a higher honor. For a football player, it's hard to imagine a greater show of strength because George just didn't change the letters on his jersey. He put his heart on his sleeve. And that warms my heart. So often, step-parents and step-children are meant to be at odds at each other in our society, and the fact that this man won this young boy's love is an amazing thing. I really appreciate you tuning in today. I hope that the conversation has been helpful and has helped you kind of look at things in a little different light. Please um, remember to be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with others. And as Lao Chu said, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. See you next week. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the host of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KNUC 98.9 HD3 Seattle.